You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. All right, everyone, that was Ad Space. Thank you guys for listening and have a pleasant day. You missed the show you were on the phone. You know what? How did you know I was on the phone? I could have been playing Bravely Default. You don't know what I was doing. I could have been playing uh, you Bravely on the phone. Default you missed instead it. of you missed instead it. of talking mad shit about I did, you. I did a hot hour by myself like Rush Limbaugh. Rip rip. You weren't even I by yourself. I did a hot hour. You were on the phone. You didn't say anything. The show's over. It's already over. You missed it. <laughs> you had me talking for 20 I missed minutes it. without hitting the record button. And so that's what you get. Missed it. You get. Show, that's what you get. The show. Show, show is already there. Show already happened. No. All right, fine. We'll do it again. Go ahead, Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to ADD Space. I'm your host, the consummate professional, Aaron Rand Freeman. And with me, the owner and proprietor, the manager, the CEO, chairman, chief financial officer, HR, front desk, back desk, window wiper, lead custodian, the most delicious name of podcasting. At least bacon, bacon. How are you? All of that is wrong. All I do is sit here and talk. You are also and re- and and retweet my own posts you, using the uh, official Twitter account. You are the, also <laughs> the um, chief therapist. You um lead the group Wait, in wellness exercises. Therapist. That's right. Wait, in well, what exercises? The chief wellness officer. That's you. No. CWL. No. Yeah. That's extra, not me. That is you. Absolutely not. It's true. You're also the um, head of the legal department. That's your roommate. You're also um, our first intern. That's more accurate. And our last intern. Also accurate. And um, you're also the starting point guard and what? second string right tackle for Unreasonable Fridays. A variety of hats worn by Elise Bacon, <laughs> folks. As I put on my Snorlax variety hat. Currently, of I'm hats. Snorlax. Variety. My hair looks horrible. I really need to get it cut, but I can't leave my apartment until... I, this allergic reaction is gone. You have an allergic reaction. Yeah, I'm having an allergic reaction. We are on. Tomorrow will be a, a, the one month anniversary of a mysterious allergic reaction that has been keeping me bed bound. And uh, sick and covered repeatedly in hives i say repeatedly because like the flare-up will die down and then i'll go back up again and i am currently sitting in my apartment more pale than i've ever been in my entire life i'll say this i'll say this to the audience because i know some of the audience they know what you look like and they're like oh 
It's another light skin talking about being browner. But let me tell you, audience, I have never, for the first first time, and the first time in my life I've ever met a light-skinned black person who said they were browner in a previous time and absolutely meant every word of it. Bacon was a golden brown, like pie crust, right out of the fucking oven. Golden fucking brown. There it was. When you were in Arizona... Yeah, when you lived in Arizona, you were a gold, golden brown, sun-kissed Negro. I was, I was pretty dark when I was in Arizona. Fir- the first time in my life I have ever heard someone say, someone light-skinned say, oh, well, I was darker. I was like, I'm so pale now. And then you see a previous picture of them, and they are like eight shades darker in that picture. And you go, oh, shit. Because the rest of y'all light-skinned niggas be lying. Y'all like one shade. Yeah, like, I was not believed at all. Right, because it's like, it, like I have, but I have photographic evidence. Right, and I'm just saying that now. This is the first time on record because a lot of us don't believe y'all when y'all like I'm so pale. We're like ho hum, cool, and then we just respect we respect your culture and just don't say anything. But for the first time, it, it is kind of nice because I I can actually talk about that with people who live up here because like a lot of people who live up here who came from other states like understand what I'm talking about because like we have sunlight like four months out of the year and like even if there's daylight the rest of the year it's under severe cloud cover. I ain't gonna lie. So, I ain't gonna like, lie. Like there's just like no sun. We just don't get sun. Y'all, y'all are pale in y'all in Seattle. Y'all some pale motherfuckers in Seattle. Like it's not like y'all don't get enough sun. Y'all yeah, don't. it was it was funny because like I had um, run into like one of the one of my good friends who had also lived in Tucson and had moved up to Portland. And when we met, we we like um, did like a skin check, and she's just like, "Yo, we lost everything." <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's like it's all gone, um. So that like, so we're bo- we're both just like sun. We need it, but it also turns out I have photosensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, go figure. So like, I have to be really careful about like, like I'm actually afraid of this coming summer because last summer I missed last summer because I was because of the pandemic, and so um, um. What happens is, is like the sun irritates my skin and causes like massive eczema like reactions. It's like I'm allergic to the sun. I just have an immune response to the sun, which is not quite the same thing. Um, the sun causes me awful amounts of irritation. So like, but like I've, but usually the way you get around that is by like you you be out in the sun and then eventually you just kind of like grow a tolerance to it and you can live your whole life like normal you can go on and do all the activities and it's fine but i missed last summer so now i'm just like well fuck (laughs) so i need to talk to a dermatologist to be like how can i do this safely in fact i want to know how you can do this safely (laughs) because i don't understand photosensitivity that i mean i've read about it i then but I cannot ima- um, I can't imagine how you're supposed to navigate it having missed the whole summer. Like I suppose you have yeah, to keep rhythm. It's a it's a small immune disorder. Right. I understand that, and but it's like but what do you do if you miss cuz you have to be in the sun a little bit. Right? Right, you have to be in the sun. Right. A bit so the, what the I'm fuck? Environment. So what the fuck do you do when you haven't been out in the sun over a year? Right. So I'm a little concerned. 
We gotta put you out. We gotta, oh. we gotta put you in a potato sack and gotta cover you up. Right, like the sun is like I, I have like indirect sunlight coming through my window right now, and it's like I feel my face burning. No, I'm kidding. It's not that bad, but uh, we'll see later. <laughs> oh, oh. I keep actually, up. I probably wouldn't be able to tell because I'm having an allergic reaction right now, and every everything is setting it off. Like existing is setting off, what, air is setting it off. What are we supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? You need a robot body. That's what you need. I need a I need a brand new immune system with and a whole new nervous system too. But I don't think Roblox has gotten that far yet. Though they have reached some really cool stuff with nerves. But at the same time, like my brain just imagined like what would happen or what the experience would be if like the nerves were fucked up. Like if they fucked up, like you know, connecting something of being continuous pain forever. I imagine that if you had a if you had to swap your body out for a robot body, they'd have to do it in sections, and it would take years. <laughs> Just to, have right. to get your get your brain used to how the nerves work, so that you don't go into shock, like right. immediate terrifying shock. Just no good. No, you can just shut down probably. Right, that's no good. That's no good. With that said. But yeah, so I've been in immune. I've been having awfulness for literally a month. So there hasn't been any streaming because my face was covered in hives, and my face is my literal money maker now. Um, uh, also, hives on your eyelids, not both not cute and not fun. Like all these little red histamine bumps on my face. Believe it or um, not, I've never. There were a couple. There were a couple of calls to my insurance because my insurance was trying to block treatment, and I was just like, like at one point, I called the referral team, and I was just like, "There are hives on my face. I need this to go through. What is holding this up? Because I need to get this taken care of as soon as possible. Because there are hives on my face, on my face. What did they tell you? Uh, they actually called me back like within an hour and got stuff sorted. <laughs> <laughs> oh good i think they heard the implied message which was do you want to die <laughs> right it was i was I, I it got to the point where i was leaving um unspoken threatening messages but that were still cordial midwestern that midwestern that midwestern uh right is your secret power <laughs> I pulled out all of the Midwestern white woman passive aggressiveness I could. Well, it went through. So it 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 did. I have multiple appointments coming up, so that part worked, which was nice. Uh, and then Aaron has been uh, Aaron popsicle in Texas. Yeah, I was in Texas. I'm still in Texas. Yeah. Um, Texas, Texas. Do you have water yet? Um, I can't tell whether we have clean water yet. I'm not using it. The, uh, I mean, yeah, you shouldn't be using it. The uh, water, I mean, I, I maintain, I think the water got Erica sick. Erica's sick on and off. Water got Erica sick. So I'm not using the water like that. So I think the water might be fine. Um, Yeah, the lights are on, the internet's on. They're still pulling bodies out of people's houses. They're never going to say it, but about maybe 150 people probably died from this. Uh, the... Uh, general um the general negligence that begat the the uh the snowpocalypse in texas which is yeah y'all gonna have there's gonna be some uh explosions come june 
Oh yeah, no, all the pipes froze, crack, gas pipe, ga gas froze. Um, we have infrastructure issues that I am 100% certain that whoever's responsible for this is not taking care of at all. So when it gets hot, if you'll catch wind of um, at least four or five places just bursting into flames this summer in Texas, it's because of the places that froze and the pipes that cracked. Um, yeah, that will cause gas leaks. So then right around the middle of the summer, um, there will be explosions and things. And then everyone will be like, what's going on? And please remember the fact that the, f the pipes froze in February. That's what happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Which Texas was already capable of getting the freezing temperatures anyway. Right. Uh, if you don't know, uh, uh, freezing is 32 degrees. That is the freezing yeah. point. Um, apparently what they were banking on was that it would never be sustained. Uh, it's been sustained enough to have winters just full of hail since it for the last, like, 15 years if i was a Texas i mean kid. i don't think they were expecting it to get down to like 10 degrees but freezing isn't just 10 degrees the freezing is literally 32 degrees if i was a um, responsible for this it's kind of like getting a computer and just getting a warranty like even if it never gets to zero degrees even if it's never a sustained zero degrees and stuff wouldn't you just want to pay for the whole package in the off chance that something goes wrong because something goes but, wrong? But, like, the the wild thing about the winterization is that it gets cold enough regularly, sustain, like, sustained every year to where they should have been winterizing it. Like, yeah. it's not even, it's not even just, like, I'm not even talking, like, extreme cold. I'm taking, it's cold enough to have to winterize your gear already and has been in texas they've just been saying it's just gonna get worse i realize which, that, that is the that is the central theme of the poor of poor leadership is they don't care about anything but huge sustained outliers because it's kind of the same thing that's happening with like covid stuff it's like unless unless the absolute comical worst is happening no one is too concerned and that is that is just a pervasive attitude uh, across uh, leadership, uh, the state leadership here, and in a lot of the poorly run states, that's that's the idea. It's like, well, it's never going to as long as it doesn't, you know, get to zero and then have a blizzard and then freeze and then stay zero for a week. We're fine, which is to you and I, grossly ir unreasonable take <laughs> on protecting your state against protecting your power grid against the weather. Um, but it just seems to be a common thing. It, it, I, I realize this now, even with the COVID stuff. It's like, well, you know, not everybody has it. So it's fine. That seems to be a common threat. So vote. Local elections. Just vote in your local elections. Start small. Small government. Local government is very, very, very important because it spirals out into the day-to-day -day stuff. And you never notice it until as an emergency always assume there's going to be an emergency we're snake bit america is snake bit assume there's going to be an emergency unless you live in new mexico nothing seems to happen to new mexico that's so true stuff happens to new mexico all the time <laughs> they just handle it well right <laughs> right so i do love new mexico i want to live in new mexico 
wanna go there. Uh, I am really like really happy with um uh, my governor, uh Jay Inslee. We've been affectionately referring to him and accurately, just like at this point accurately referring to him as Governor Dad. Um <laughs> Even like people like, you know, like I was having, a, I don't know, it was either on Chris's post or your post or Rod's post. I was talking with another Washingtonian and I was just like, my governor is threatening to turn the whole state around if people don't act right. And of course, their response was just like, oh, well, my, gov- my governor is basically saying, well, screw the trip to Disneyland. Like, we're not going to Disneyland. And uh screw the deposit that we placed on it and i'm like wait who's your governor like what state are you from washington oh (laughs) (laughs) we have the same dad (laughs) like it's 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 that like he really is like jnz is very much pulling like the in his announcements like the disappointed dad he's just like there are people who are doing the right thing (laughs) staying inside social distancing wearing their masks there are others who are not doing this. And because there are others who aren't doing this, we're going to be extending lockdown until in, until necessary. So we will be in this phase indefinitely until the numbers go down and stay down. And I'm just like, okay, dad. <laughs> so like we like, um, like masks are not optional. You have to, you like, you are required to wear masks everywhere. Uh, different businesses, like different restaurants, um, like also hair salons, etc. Like, there's all very different requirements. Like, they each have individualized requirements depending on what the business is for operations. Um, so most folks are uh, teleworking, like telecommuting, who can. Uh, the city of Seattle, like, unilaterally um, passed a, like, $4 basically hazard pay because uh, companies just aren't giving essential workers hazard pay. So they're like, you have to pay your employees basically hazard pay. And so, of course, these companies in response are like, this isn't fair. We don't want to pay people, even though they're the people who are catching COVID, like... The number yeah. amount of people of inside of Amazon who, despite their testing, because they have like apparently like testing facilities inside of Amazon warehouses, even here, no massive COVID breakouts. Like they're actually going like Amazon's being taken co- to court. Actually, like there's like several lawsuits happening right now against Amazon, even like locally, um, because they're f- actually forcing people with COVID to work. <laughs> And which is it's against our state law right now. And um, uh, some grocery stores decided to like, you know, close some of their stores because they're like, oh, well, we can't, you know, we can't pay these people. So we're going to close down grocery stores in uh, key neighborhoods mm-hmm. because and they're saying, oh, no, it had nothing to do with COVID. They were un- those stores were underperforming. And I'm like, those stores oh, were not. They were not underperforming. No, they were not, though. No. We're not underperforming. They were not. They were providing a vital service. You're just cheap, bastard. right? Right. And, and even, so they and, like, and it's like, and it's like real talk. You're like I said, you are performing a vital service. Keep the fucking store open. Do like, figure out. Pay, and, and it's not like these are like small ones. Like, and of course they're trying to like. Oh, I think it was PCC who was trying to say we're not a big store like Safeway, and I'm like, 
nigga, you have like 10 locations that I can name off of within like the Seattle zip code. What do you mean you're not a small? Okay. I'm like, listen, if Trader Joe's is like, sure, we'll pay people. Trader Joe's of all people, like of all companies, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's was the only one that was just like, yeah, sure, no, we'll fine. Like, this is the right thing to do. And I'm like, really? Trader Joe's out of all the companies? Trader Joe's. <laughs> Weird. Uh, yeah, Safeway, QFC, PCC, and PCC is a local co-op. But like when I mean, and th- when I say co-op, I, they're not small at all. Like in other states, like PCC is actually like a fairly large, profitable co-op with multiple locations and like other co-ops connected to it. So it's like, and again, you're providing a service. Like one of their one of their stores is smack dab in the middle. Like actually, no, they have a couple stores smack dab in the middle of like major like hot spots, like neighborhood hot spots. So it's just like right. okay. And like for real? Like, no, you're just no. You can't pull the but we're a small business. Like y- you're not a small business. That's <laughs> not you're you're not a small business now like you know like sunflower market which is like a one-store thing that operates from like 7 a.m to 3 p.m that's a small business right (laughs) like like there's a couple like like little neighborhood grocery stores that literally only operate during good times like pre-covid like four to five hours a day like that that's a small business they have like two employees (laughs) (laughs) like like, okay (laughs) they don't have like several thousand like several hundred to several thousand employees like they have like two (laughs) like that's come on so that's been i I was hearing that argument too when i when covid first when the pandemic first started is that the idea of what a small business is is shot the same way we don't understand what middle class is like these are definitions that we've lost in the mix we folks cannot they cannot judge accurately judge themselves as a small business or middle class remember when they were giving all the small business loans and stuff all those places that were glad they were small businesses comfortably taking millions of dollars because there were small businesses air quotes compared to you know i guess like amazon in which case we're all small businesses but whatever. It just seems as though we've lost that thread. We cannot, people cannot accurately judge themselves. And they and they judge themselves conveniently based on what they can get or not have to do. <laughs> so that's even worse. So all that's to say is um, we're going to move to New Mexico and then leave the country. Listen, these delivery drivers, though, like, sorry, these delivery app companies that are trying their hardest to skirt every loophole just need to burn in a fire. Oh, yeah, no. This is oh the- yeah. Also for that Seattle mandate, like they literally on like on the bill, like labeled it Seattle mandate and it's an extra fee. So like they have their service fees, which have weirdly gone up as well. Fancy that. So they've increased their service fees, first of all. And then there's the driver tip, which yes, drivers should drivers should absolutely get tipped. Drivers and shoppers get, should get tipped. That's not even a question. Oh, and then it literally says Seattle mandate. 
<laughs> and it's like all categories on there. So like they and then there's the sales tax and then there's sales tax. So then like food and like food costs like an, a, a, if you get delivery, it's literally an extra like fifteen dollars. And I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. All of your companies are massive and are literally bringing in money because every, like most people are ordering out and you're doing this as if like, oh, we can't afford this. You're not a small company. Mm-hmm. You absolutely can't afford it. You've just been trying to skirt through every single loophole since the inception of like these apps, which are they're trying to run specifically as tech companies and like not the service that they are um to avoid all kinds of regulations and fees um and oversight which this isn't gonna last long i don't think uh, i think i think their time is coming i'm excited for that i really feel like their time is coming everybody's pretty pissed right now i it's one of the things i don't understand i mean i guess i understand the distance like given our previous administration but like we all have the time now like certain things are harder to sweep under the rug than they've ever been. And you can't screw over everyone all at the same time like that. We will notice it. It's just a strange thing. It's much easier for your long term. Even if you're it seems like it'd be easier for the long term uh, safety of your business to just act like a human or at least simulate it or try or something. It's so odd. It's weird hard line stances that will eventually shorten the life of your business at some point now or later so i don't it's just strange but like i said i'm not a business owner i'm just a guy not even wearing socks fuck the way i'm not wearing socks either what do you know just two guys i know i i i know nothing right i only know what my cat tells me right just two motherfuckers wearing socks without without socks just pontificating on stuff we know nothing about so we're going to have to move on since we know nothing about this topic. Speaking of another topic we know nothing about, which I'm finding is going to be, I, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, our vice president is a woman. What? Is a black woman. What? And I don't think any of these social media companies are prepared to deal with the Secret Service. What? How many in online threats do you think Kamala Harris gets a day? Let's see. Lady. She's a black lady, like you said. My guess would be, given how many people are in this country and the galvanized racists, plus the people who think the election was a fraud, I would say in upwards of 5,000 a day. They have already said that they are um, uh, they they have already said that um, they are seriously investigating threats against her. Right. And I don't think people are and like there's already like been it's already been made aware that the threats against Kamala Harris have like are like far exceeding those of like previous presidentials and um uh you know like people who have been in the White House 
And um, of course, they're all taking a very misogynistic nature. And I don't, I don't think people are ready for this. Um, I mean, we're gonna have. To- I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Twitter and Facebook are uh, necessarily ready for a lot of these um, uh, QT POC people who are now in the White House. Um, we're not. Um, they're not. And I mean, I mean the companies. I don't mean like. I don't even just mean the people. I also mean the companies. No. Um, I, I'm, I would be shocked if we don't see at some point the squad rolling up and being like, so tech companies, (laughs) how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, uh, now that, you know, we've got, you know, positions and, you know, oversight, oversight's basically our job right now. How's it going? Hey, you guys protecting hey, those marginalized people? Everybody. You guys protecting those marginalized people like we talked about before I had this job? Now I have right. a job. So, so how, how about how about them Nazis? Hey, yeah, those guys hey. have freedom of that's not freedom of speech, but we can talk about it. We 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 can talk about what real freedom of speech means. Uh and I I have to. I've heard that apparently Twitter is going to be rebranding, so now I need to look over what this rebranding is going to entail because I'm already amused. Well, I think they're going. I wouldn't, uh, do you think they're going to situate themselves on the correct side of history? I don't think they know how. I don't think they know what the correct side of history looks like. To be honest, um, there's this. Um, there's a lot of weird ideas in tech. Um, uh, <laughs> It pertains to like philanthropy and like like there's a lot of belief that like you know science and tech uh can fix all of these problems even though like you know it's the it's the same issue where they think like you can use AI algorithms to moderate stuff even though those algorithms are written by like white men. So they just screw up or miss a lot or just like there's like bias written in the code, essentially. Um, I don't think they know how. Uh, I think they're kind of like stuck in their own grandiose belief systems mm-hmm. to understand that they're wrong and how they're wrong and why they're wrong. And not just that, but why their work has actually been really harmful. Because that's what you're also telling them, too, is, like, your work harms people. Right. And, uh, yeah, a lot a lot of visions, a lot of visions of grandeur in the tech community. Right. So I don't I don't think so. It, it's going to be um, it's going to be a bit interesting. So that's something I'm watching out for because I don't think it's going to go unaddressed. I just think that it got kind of shoved down a little bit lower on the priority scale, you know, with COVID and right. the economy and stuff. But I also don't think it's, I am pr- I have a feeling that like somebody basically has like 16 underlines on their notepad about it <laughs> as like a big, we will get back to this, but it's right there. 
we also haven't had a woman VP or a black VP or a black woman VP. So this might be interesting. Good. We need to we we uh, we need to see some we need to see competence taken to its logical extreme. I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's um real quick since it's been like forever and a day since we talked. Okay. And since we've done anything, uh, what are you playing right now? Yeah, it's funny, given what I play. Um, I'll say this: I, I'm playing um, the old, old, old. It's one of those things where you realize it's twelve, it's twenty twenty one. Old Xbox JRPG called Lost Odyssey. And I've only heard good things about Lost Odyssey. I keep meaning to play it, but it's like it, it's it's one of those games that's on my list that I'm just like, one day maybe I'll get to this. Um, you should. It has my favorite cast of characters. And it's one of those, it's very much like the similar realization, like growing up being, I, I grew up around Street Fighter. But my favorite fighting games are always King of Fighters and Samurai Showdown. I just like those characters more. I enjoy the games more. And it's that realization, I was sitting there playing like Samurai Showdown and I was like, I like this more than I do all the Capcom fighting games. All of them. Even the fun ones, even the iconic ones. Samurai Showdown, King of Fighters. I love them to death. And it's kind of like that with Lost Odyssey. Because Lost Odyssey is from a bunch of old Square guys. They kind of, I think they defected before the Final Fantasy 13 trilogy started. If I uh, yeah, it was... Uh, they defected during 10 and halfway through 12 because like you know they work on multiple games at the same time right so um like 12 is like the last of those square guys and it's like half of that game right and it's like the direction that final fantasy 13 went in which is you know it's debatable but whole new team clearly because the guys who did final fantasy 12 took their talents to i think it's called Mistwalker. they no longer exist Microsoft gave them a boatload of money to make make it an JRPG, and they knocked it out of the park. And it's one of those games that is a victim of. Remember back in the day before we were allowed to make homages to games we liked. If a game was too similar to another game, it immediately was docked two points for some reason. Like we wanted original creations all the time. So a game that oh, played too much like, like the same things happening right now. Wait, what? I mean, we. <laughs> back in the back in the races like the guys who made final fantasy the, the guys who would last responsible for the last have rpg heavy final fantasy responsible for lost odyssey um but back in but now a, a game dev can say outwardly and get like you're right some games do get punished for being too much like other games but some game developers can just be like we like this game we are making a game like this game and that's it and it works out just fine Something like um, uh, Bloodstained, which is just more Castlevania, or something like um, Blazing Chrome, which is just more Metal Slug, for example. And the developers are like the guy; they're all like, "We like we're making games like these games." Full stop. Work. Back in the day, that wasn't the case. Games too much like another game would immediately be docked lots of points, and Lost Odyssey got swept under the rug, even though it was extremely good. And I'm playing it now, and I love it. It might actually be my favorite JRPG. 
Now, I haven't finished Final Fantasy twelve. I like Final Fantasy twelve. You really need to finish But 12. I never finished Final Fantasy twelve. I'm going to play the X. But right now. Yeah. Okay. You need, like, it, what was the last time you played 12? Oh, when it first came out on Xbox last summer, summer, two, I don't Time is wibbly wobbly okay. because of the pandemic. Whenever it came out on Xbox, I bought it and I played it for about a week. On and off. Oh, yeah. I think that's when I was playing it, too. Right. You were playing it and I was playing it and I was watching you stream it and then I played it and then I just wandered off into another direction for a little bit. By oh, yeah, I think a Destiny thing came out then. Probably. Usually that's what trips me up from playing other games. Usually Destiny. So that is that is the that is it. I will get to it. But right now Lost Odyssey has is my favorite combat system because it's not centered around leveling up as it is around gathering skills. And my favorite cast of characters. Um the main character is just kind of like the you know, kind of a stiff uh stiff uh jrpg male avatar kind of like squall just kind of brooding quiet you know this guy but the rest of the characters it has it has my favorite children characters there's these two kids named mac and his sister cook i think she's 12 he's nine they are the first of all they're voice acted by legit children which is fucking adorable but they're fucking spectacular in design and writing and there's so much like children but they're so well done and it's so it's just they're they're adorable and as a part of the story having a it's a, i mean i could get into it a uh, lost odyssey is a story about a world where there are a, a group of immortals and everyone else is mortal but there's these people who live forever so there is the so there are the stories of like someone living forever and meeting her 80 year old son or someone living forever and being 25 while meeting his grandchildren. You know what I mean? And being in the party where it's a, it's a, a thousand-year-old woman um, and her 80-year-old son who looks way older, who looks like her dad. And then you got the guy and his two grandchildren who are like, you know, 12 and 9. And he's a thousand and he's with his grandkids. And it's just the way they write the story and the way the characters function and interact with each other and they interact with the actual like combat system. There's a constant, there's a constant narrative growth, even in the combat system, which I really enjoy. It becomes very engrossing to even do the grinding stuff. Like when you just have to do a bunch of battles, you just want to get a bunch of skills up. It's, um, it's, uh, really interesting the amount of visual storytelling that goes into the game and the amount of story being told through the development of the skills that you already have within your group and how they interact with each other um having a nine-year-old boy um punch out a dinosaur is just good fun for example having a thousand-year-old queen who you know who essentially save half the country and do it on TV. And then when you go to the town, everyone's like, we love the queen. It's so great. And you're like, yes, I did that. I actually, it, it all works. It's all well done. Um, I opened up a program. Yeah, it, um, it, all works it's backwards compatible on xbox one of the things about i like about having an xbox i bought that game 
three years ago on sale because I'm trying to vacuum up all the JRPGs that I didn't get because reviewers told me not to get them. And um, that's one of them. And I, it's my favorite one. Probably my favorite one I've ever played. And um, yeah, that's what I'm playing. And Destiny, but I'm always playing Destiny. Uh, Destiny's good, though. Everyone should play Destiny. You are literally always playing Destiny. Destiny is uh, better than it's ever been. It's better than it's ever been. It's got a it's um it's got an it's got a good story and Bungie's use Bungie's no longer wasting space or time. Um so yeah, um it's fully recommended. It is uh, Destiny is now currently the way they said it was going to be. So I'll say anybody who wants to play it should play it. Anybody who can play it can play it. Um yeah, that's it. But you know, that's that's an overarching thing. The game is now picking up momentum. It is now in rhythm. It is now in rhythm, and now we are now see we are seeing the live service game. And we are now understanding how difficult the live service game is, as we are seeing live service games kind of fall to the wayside. We're now, you know, they're no longer. They've given up on Anthem. Um, Avengers is still, you know. Okay, Anthem. I firmly believe they gave up. For a different reason, uh, um, based based off of the article that came out not that long ago, basically describing everything that happened in Anthem, which was just horrible, horrible mismanagement. Mm-hmm. Just and this wasn't mismanagement by EA. This was mismanagement by Bioware. Yeah, that's another thing is why are people continuously pointing the finger at EA when Bioware has been the one that's been making all these missteps as a developer? This is Bioware. This is like EA did a couple of things that didn't help for sure, but they also tried to help. So like EA is having all of their teams were using Frostbite Engine. Frostbite Engine was developed in like, 2004 2008 like mid 2000 mid to late 2000s i think um for battlefield and they want everybody using the frostbite engine um it was made by their swedish branch uh dice and it was again developed for battlefield so it was developed for first person shooters but they want everybody to be utilizing this to save licensing resources now like a massive video game cost is licensing like they are literally saving millions just like the amount of money that they're saving will cover multiple flops right like licensing is ridiculously expensive um and so they also want everybody to be like sharing resources like within the company like all the studios within so that is where ea is like pushing it they also want they also want most of their games if not all if it's possible to have like some kind of live service with it but um that could be like dlc or Mm -hmm. like like a loot box that has like a glamour item they they want money that they're making somewhere right um but other than that the studios are up to their discretion it's up to the studio's discretion what Bi- Bioware horribly mismanaged all of their teams um, from the and the way it sounded 
like even in, like the way that Inqui- like this started toward like like halfway through Inquisition even like Inquisition finishing the way it did is actually more of a miracle than anything else. Um. Uh, like it was there was no direction. There were full there were full teams that were like seven years in had no idea what the game was supposed to be. Like they went through like five different writers. Um, th- th- there's uh, an article over at who did it again? Kotaku. Yes, Kotaku, and it said and it's called "How Bioware's Anthem Went Wrong." Definitely, fully read it. It is super clear that this was not EA. This was this was definitely Bioware that just fucked all the way up it, it's really bad but the reason i don't think that they can continue because they so the plan was th- they were going to try and overhaul anthem and completely like give it a new start kind of like how they did with destiny mm-hmm. um my suspicion is is that they can't, like on a technology level can't well, that was my thing when I saw the game. I didn't understand how it was going to be a live service game, given the engine and how inflexible the actual narrative, like the actual engine seemed to be. It didn't seem like something where you could snap parts on and off from the moment I saw it. So it didn't seem like a live service game that's supposed to be flexible. So I can't imagine right. what they were trying to. I can't imagine them trying to well, fix like- it and add parts to it in a year with a skeleton team. Right. They would have had to have essentially taken the same resources and made Anthem 2. They 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 have to make an entirely brand new game from right. the beginning. I think. I mean, well, like they can probably use like um resources like uh the next Dragon Age game is basically going to be built off of the skeleton of Anthem. Um like part of it too is like with Anthem, they also didn't want to use anything from any of the other previous games. So they didn't want to use anything from Dragon Age. They didn't want to use anything. They wanted to make a completely new IP, completely new. But they also had people who were inexperienced and didn't, who had never worked with Frostbite. And they had pulled, like the entire Frostbite team got pulled off to work on FIFA, which like all the experience. Um, folks got pulled to work on that but like now again you can make that what you want out of it a lot of like like game developers they just swap projects left and right like right. that's like when a game gets made everybody like the whole, the whole teams get laid off and moved elsewhere like that's just that's literally how the game industry works so right. it's not weird that they took all their experts to work on fifa like it, it's not even weird that's kind of like par for the course whether that's a good thing or a bad thing that's kind of like an industry thing um but their leadership also didn't like the leadership also didn't speak up for the teams at all and they i'm not even kidding when i said they they went through like five different writers like the writing changes so many times like there's some weird inconsistencies with the writing because they literally went through over five writers and people just straight up like quit uh, partway through the game like this is like the game was like eight years in development and actually didn't get finished until like the last 18 months like the the last 18 months of the game was actually making the game like that's how that's how bad like it's really bad definitely go read that article It, it like it definitely makes me 
I'm just like, ooh, Bioware, you fucked all the way up. So I'm really hoping that they've learned some serious lessons from this. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. They have, I mean, they've been squandering a lot of resources for a bit. So let's hope so. But yeah, like like like, is, like, been... like it said, like even even detailing in the article, like the fact that Dragon Age Inquisition ended the way it did was like a miracle. Right. Like they were squandering stuff even during Inquisition, which is like right. a massively acclaimed game. It's just you can't do the same methods. Like it, it's not sustainable. Like their methods of production just aren't sustainable, and they led to like people t- just having to take stress breaks which just spent like three to four months of just uh, like they people had straight mental breakdowns where they had to take three to four months off of working and some just never came back right just due to stress right which is not healthy at all it's actually really bad have experienced that before it's terrible yeah so I don't I don't think like with the with the resources that they have, I think they actually would have like they probably looked deep in the code to see like if they could actually rebuild it. And like they got in it and just went, no, I this mean, isn't usable like that. Right. It was the biggest problem. I it, Given what they were trying to do and given my understanding of a live service game that didn't seem like it's funny. It almost had too much because it has the exact opposite problem that the Avengers has as a live service game. Um, uh, Anthem had too much meat on the bone for it to be uh, malleable enough to function as a live service game. Um, Avengers has no meat on the bone, so I don't know how you're taking this and turning this into a stew. It's just gonna, it's just the bone, and it's just strange when you see it. And it's just I, those. I, and I always think these poor developers. It's the first thing I always think because they're they're hamstrung in these situations where they're told to operate um outside of just the logical just logical boundaries of what they're working with they just i don't know how you're supposed to make anthem a live service game what are you supposed to fix about it you would have to remove huge 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 chunks of it change the entire way they communicate the entire story to the player yeah yeah uh bioware um they they are they have been squandering resources for a bit and um i hope that um i hope that that is dealt with at some point that would be amazing yeah i desperately hope that they um that they've learned from that because who it's just not great. Um, I mean, I'm on the hook for Dragon Age anyway, so I don't. Oh care. yeah, no, absolutely. So I don't care. Um, Dragon Age has such momentum that I imagine that it can afford. I can't. I I don't care. So for all we're talking about, for as much as we love Bioware to improve its management, and we love for them to you know become more efficient in their development and communication processes. I'm still pre-ordering Dragon Age as soon as it becomes available. I'm on the hook for it. I just hope I don't have to grit. I don't have to do it through grit, gritted teeth. That'd be great. If I could have right. a fun time playing Dragon Age without having to worry about it, that'd be amazing. Oh yeah, no, like, I, like how do I put it? This next, like this, this next Dragon Age, and like 
finding out post-production on this next Dragon Age will basically solidify my Bioware opinion. So they're kind of like, they're on ice with me right now. But again, that's just because like, I have experienced what that kind of breakdown is like. Um, I have seen it. I have experienced it. And that it's not something I'd wish on anybody. And I don't think should should happen. Um, and they are a big enough company. And they do have all the resources to make sure that this does not happen. Yep. Um, there's, there's no excuse. Yep. So it is one of those things where like, okay, you've had two games where y'all fucked up and, like, had poor leadership. Let's see how we're doing on this one. It's kind of like, like, I didn't stop playing Rockstar games, to be honest, for a while. Like, there was a point at which I, like, I literally went and we're done. But, like, you know, it was over a few years. It was over several years. And I'm just kind of hitting that point with some games where I'm like, there are lots of companies. There are lots of studios. I can kind of pick and choose. Not like they're all ethical because most of them, they're just not. But there's like, there's some hard lines that can be drawn. Um, was, And not everybody needs to do that. This, this is just like literally my own personal thing. Um, it, it also just comes with the danger of like, oh, I know how this happened. So I can't ignore it. Now when I'm playing the game, it's in my head. Oh, there goes my enjoyment of the game. Well, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And it may seem hypocritical in part because, like, I also play a lot of JRPGs. And, like, I already, like, I know, like, some of, like, the working conditions with Japanese companies. I also am not Japanese. And there's also a cultural aspect of this that I literally cannot speak on. So I'm just like, I'm going to focus on North American companies right now. I can speak on North American companies. And also, European companies have, like, oh, like depending on, like, the, the country, they have, like, different labor laws there as well. So it's something like, oh, you broke the law to do this. Hmm. Oh, like, like, CD Project Dragged is definitely fucked with the Polish government right now. They are completely fucked with the Polish government because the Polish government gave them a shit ton of grant money. Oh, yeah, they did. Right. Yeah, aren't, they, aren't they like a top three business in Poland? Yes. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. So the country went in all, all in on them out of, you know, nationalism. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Speaking of which, CD Projekt Red um, got hacked. Oh, yeah. And their assets got sold on an auction. That's good. There's a good chance. All of their assets. All of them. All of the Witcher, all of them got sold to an unknown person through a black auction. What does that mean, then, for, like, because I see it, and I don't quite, like, I mean, just to make it clear, like, what does that look like in practice? Because when you, you, your mind goes, your mind goes from zero to James Bond villain too fast. And there's somewhere in the middle is what the potential consequences are. And I just feel like, what are the potential consequences just offhand? I couldn't tell you. I don't know how the Polish government operates. I mean, for the uh, black market sale for who owns it. The actual like assets of it. 
I don't know. I have no idea. We need to talk we, to resident. We, we need to talk to resident hackers. Are we really? Are we really through the looking glass here? In a situation that's kind of unprecedented. Uh, I wouldn't say unprecedented, but very loud. Yeah. I mean, it's not a thing that happens often. Well, no, that's not true. I mean, our whole entire state department got hacked multiple times, and then <laughs> the spread of everybody's personal information got released. Well, I mean. Multiple times. I still get letters every time that happens because my dad is always there. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. But like, like there's like notes every, like all of like everything, all of the games, like everything was just taken and then sold. So somebody has it. So what do they work with? A copy then? Or is it just like a, do they do the do the do the the whoever won the auction do what do they have? They I'm pretty sure they have a copy of literally everything that was on the servers. Ooh, right. They have emails as well. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, they have everything. Everything. They have oh. literally everything. Everything. Um, they actually released a mobile game that uh, CD Project CD Red had worked on, like, this mobile game. They released the mobile game data for free on the internet to prove that they had actually done the heist. Oh, wow. They say heist. It was, like, this is, they actually, like, proved the theft. And they, like, we're going to do an auction, but then they found a buyer outside of the auction. And so I think it sold for how much did it sell Set for? Seven million. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. I want to see if there's like that was the I mean like everything there's so much that happened that like I need to um uh look up to see if there's like anything new about that. No. That was the last thing about uh, four uh, weeks ago. Yeah, all I heard was that the patches had all gotten pushed back. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's all yeah. Like I mean, I mean at this point, can they even? I mean, they're talking. I was reading about them. You know, they're essentially they have to start over their infrastructure in terms of security. They have to start over, and I didn't piece it together when I was until I was reading that. The problem is they have to recreate all the security for their employees, each and every employee. And uh, that is what's actually holding them up aside from creating the patches and everything is they need ways for their, all their people to securely log into because they're all working from home. So they need to be able to securely do the thing and they can't. Be, they're working on it and that's going to take a while. And who shit. Huh, man. All they had to do was uh, push back Cyberpunk. Sky really fell on them, boy. God damn. Yeah, and like I don't, I don't act like I don't advocate for that at all. Like there's some people like serves you right, and I'm like no. I think this is a bit extreme because it's affecting it's affecting too many people underneath the people on the top on the top of the food chain here this is extreme yeah i don't like you work don't advocate like, for any of this like you work there and you can't do your job and then you're also a part of this blighted project which means it's hard for you to get another job and i do not know how the job market would be for someone involved with such a doomed project because there are so many people that 
hate the motherfucker. <laughs> so I don't know. It's affecting too many people for me to uh, be happy. I can't do the shot and fraud dance. I, I can't. I, I It would be great if it was just affected the people at the top, but it seems to be affecting a lot of people. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm very concerned, honestly. So. Yeah, it's it's all bad. None of it's good. I don't even find it funny, to be honest. Uh, it stopped being funny a little while ago. Yes, there it it had a sweet spot. Um, right around the time the the lead dev was got on YouTube and was like, "Listen, we fucked up. We're sorry." That was funny. Um, but after that, it's kind of been escalating past that point. Um, to it's not, it's um, it's concerning. <laughs> I'm concerned about the long term well being of the people who worked on the project. Right. And uh, yeah, it's no, it's not good. No, it's uh. Yeah, there's no more. There's no more laughing at that. Personally, I think. Uh, I hope um they sort their business out. I hope I'm not gonna lie to you. I kind of hope they stop trying to do things with cyberpunk for a while. Like I know it's unfinished, but I don't think they can. I right, and I'm just like they really have grander. They have larger problems than cyberpunk 2077 or whatever. We do, and they need to tend to all of them. Like, just go ahead and do that. It's fine. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> just tend, tend to your problems, please. Please tend please. to your problems for please. the love of all that is holy and please, sacred. Please tend to your problems. Because I'm not. This is a lot. And Poland's involved. <laughs> <laughs> Poland, is a- Poland is involved. Like, y'all, like. With their dying economy that's also like edging towards um fascism? Is that the right word? I there's been so many government isms. It's not good. The government got Polish Poland Polish politics right now is not good. Yeah. It's not good right now. It's all bad. Everything is bad. So yeah. We've we've reached, I think we've reached the end of um, laughing at, uh, laughing at, Cyberpunk seventy seven. So, I got I I, we can move on. I've got, I've got nothing. Oh yeah, I got distracted off of from what I'm ta- I was t- I'm playing. Uh, Bravely Be- Default two came out. Oh, uh, the game I've only been talking about for what two years. Two years. How I, like I, I know I, I know it's one of those games. I'm just like I'm waiting for this game. I'm waiting for this game. I'm waiting for this game, which should tell people how far in advance I look for games <laughs> when they're coming out. I'm just like like I really do plan the games I'm gonna be playing. Isn't that everybody? Really isn't, it, it out. isn't that how everybody does it? No. You look up the you look up you look up what's coming and then you make your you make your financial plan. No? no, it's not a financial plan. It's a time plan. Oh, you plan the time. Like, okay, so Final Fantasy V patch 5.5 comes out in May. 
and Bravely Default 2 comes out at this time. So I have from this time to this time to play Bra- Bravely Default 2. And then when the patch comes, I can work on both again. Um, <laughs> so I can get my, I can, you know, start like doing the story, do the new trial, do some grind, etc. And then patch 5.55 comes out in this month. And this other game comes out at this time as well, which is right after, which is going to like fill up my time between now and the expansion and between now and the expa- like the new expansion that comes out in December there's also two other games that I'm keeping my eye on but I also know have like an idea that like one's like a 40 hour game and one's like a 400 hour game so <laughs> people are like why aren't you playing this game because I have Reavely Default coming out and in the middle and in between in between games, so I'm not just spending money, I have like smaller games that I can pick up and play like anytime, like Animal Crossing and Pokemon. And I have uh, uh, if you pay any attention to my Twitter, sometimes I'm like posting videos now again, just like little uh, Nintendo clips because I can't stream with hives on my face, but I can post uh, Nintendo Switch clips um, of uh Cadmary Damacy, which everybody needs to play Cadmary Damacy. It's either Cadmary Damacy or We Love Cadmary. One of those two games you all need to play. Thank you for reminding those are, me. I those are to, timeless games. I need to purchase that. I never got it on Xbox. It came out, the remaster came out. I never bought it. I shouldn't be buying that right now. Since we're I think We Love we love Cadmary was an Xbox t- title, by the way. And that one, like, everybody needs to play as well. No, please continue. We like. I hope they release We Love Katamari because We Love Katamari, like you can actually choose which of the cousins you play as, and you have to all you have to collect all the cousins as well. He has so many cousins. There are so many cousins, but yeah. So anyway, bravely default to um one thing that I think Square has basically been doing, um, and I've said this before, and it has just not been proving me wrong yet. Somebody can pr- they can prove me wrong later. Um, is I think what they're doing is that they're focusing on being more experimental and also changing the dynamic of future Final Fantasy games. And so they're kind of like removing some like the old nostalgia JRPG stuff. But I think what they're doing is that they're having other studios do like that really awesome, like like nostalgic things like turn base and like the um, extreme bosses and like the more grindy situations. Right. And doing a more um, experimental and just kind of like upgraded approach to future Final Fantasy games, and and just like you doing the pushing the other stuff on other like other JRPGs that they're gonna be like you know having within their studios. So like Bravely Default Two has a lot like Bravely Default Two plays like a very pretty older Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has its own quirks and things like it, it definitely has its own style and narrative and like the combat style is different the jobs are all job like all the jobs that you can have are all ones that have been from final fantasy games um it takes some stuff from octopath traveler of course like octopath traveler taking some stuff from the first bravely default um they're they're really all similar in like how the game is overall structured so um I really like those kinds of games and they're very familiar for me as well as nostalgic, but I also really like, they've been doing some great things with the artwork. Like the artwork is fantastic. The music's also good, um, but the music score isn't anywhere near, like it's just, 
it's Octopath Traveler just kind of like ruined me. And to be honest, Final Fantasy 14 kind of ruined me for JRPG music scores. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So I'm just like, the music is really good. It's not Octopath good, but it's not bad. It's actually really good. It's just not mind blowing, but it is very good. It's very nice. It fits with the game perfectly. Um, the game, like I am about 30 hours in. I'm in my like third city area. I've got a few jobs unlocked. Um, I'm very lost in a forest right now, which again makes me feel very nostalgic. <laughs> like i've been in this forest for two hours and the monsters still aren't running away from me <laughs> and i can't find the boss but i also don't want to find the boss because i'm clearly not ready for the boss what the fuck do i do um it's been kind of nice because there's also two save points per dungeon so there's like one about midway through and there's another one at the end which i'm like thank you <laughs> thank you so much um and there's a shortcut at every like midway part so like if you um like so like at the halfway through middle of the dungeon save point there's also like a teleport so you can bounce back to the beginning and i'm like thank you god so i've well i've been trying to like find my way through but i'm super lost but i'm not far from the mid section so like i'll just go back to the save point teleport out restock my resources then go back in and so like i have this little section memorized but i have no idea where i'm supposed to go <laughs> very nostalgic i'm not actually angry at it because i'm like this is why i like these games <laughs> um <laughs> it's the voice acting caught me off guard because the voice acting is just the characters are all characters like <laughs> they're all very person like they have all each character so far has a very strong personality, including like this protagonist who also doesn't feel like a protagonist. You know, you start off a game and you're like, choose your character's name. And I'm like, but the story isn't just about him. It's about everybody in the party. And almost everybody in the party seems to have like equal time so far. So like, it doesn't really feel like it's one character directed. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't feel like I'm playing as this one dude who was shipwrecked as a sailor, like in this area he in this land he has no idea about. Um, it really feels like I'm just watching a group of four people trying to figure like trying to they're basically going on an adventure and just trying to like fix some stuff that like because everything's broken and they're just trying to fix things. Um, the villains are very villainous <laughs> like and not even just villainous so like there's this thing called asterisks and asterisks give you jobs but it looks like these asterisks are making people go mad like like lose their minds and i'm at the part of the game where you're like really just realizing that like oh there's something not right here this is weird this is very weird. And there's some very dark narrative turns. I can't say what because that would be massive spoilers. Just right. massive. But it's... So I'm enjoying it. It's very fun. Um, it definitely has... I wouldn't say it has a steep learning curve, but it's definitely one of those games where the challenge 
increases with every section of the game. And um, it looks like that when you get a new job, it looks like the next boss that you're going to fight, those jobs are going to be really effective against that boss. So it's actually good to do some grinding to get those jobs leveled up. And yes, the game is pretty, it's, it's kind of grindy. But they have some tools that make it better if you um, read through the help, like the tooltips. Like there's actually a full tooltip section. So if you read through the tooltip section and if you read through the lore, there's a lot of stuff that the game just kind of like tells you like, here's how to make this easier. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have ignored that. <laughs> uh, but so far, I'm having a really good time with it. It's not, it's both like the first game and very unlike the first game i have a feeling that it's not gonna be trapped in a narrative loophole like the first one was um the narrative loophole like had the the, you were repeating the same week over and over and over again and it kind of like repeated one time too many right before i was just like i'm gonna murder you if you repeat one more time i'm going to murder you do not repeat one more time, game or spray. I'm gonna smash you. Um, so far, it hasn't. It's not doing anything like that. But also, it's not on a 3DS, so there's more space. Like, like the game cartridges. Like, I mean, like the the game is much more massive, and the technology can handle a much larger game. So I don't think they're gonna get trapped in this narrative loop due to like amazing artwork. Um, the artwork is very pretty. I'm constantly in shock. Like, I just want to take all kinds of screenshots. There's a lot of times where, like, I feel, I genuinely feel like the icons in the game, like, like, they'll, like, if you go to the, the, there's a panoramic view, it'll be like, here's the inn over here. Here's the shop. I really want, like, the ability to just, like, make those icons not show up just so I can take screenshots because the artwork is gorgeous. Hmm. It is gorgeous. I'm just like, you're ruining my screenshots. (laughs) I just want to post screenshots and square being square is like, no, we're not going to let you spoil people by posting videos on the Twitters. So you have to take frame by frame screenshots. If you want to be that kind of person, I'm just like, I hate you. (laughs) Let me take the video. It doesn't allow the video. Just like I do fast traveler. They're like no video sharing for you on this one. No clip sharing. Hmm. But so far, I'm having a good time with it. Um, I think it's a, I think it's an enjoyable game so far, and I will definitely be swearing. There's also a card game inside of it, right? Because they don't respect my time. <laughs> <laughs> Went around for about five hours just playing cards, just challenging people to cards and taking their cards. It's also how you get a job, by the way, too, by winning a card match. Really? Mm-hmm. I can say which one. I didn't ask. I was like, oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I had questions, but I do not want the answers. So that's it. And the job itself is actually like, it's not one of my favorite jobs, to be honest. Like, it's not one of my favorite ones that you can choose from. But it is. it does have some really funny mechanics. But I also really don't like the costume for it. Because when you, when you give a character a job, it takes on a costume tailored to that character, but for that job. And so like white mage to me, um, uh, like, and the, the character that you get white mage from, like, I'm just like, oh, uh, you look like a, uh, oh my God. Oh yeah. A Russian MF Frost. You look exactly like a Russian MF Frost. 
So it basically puts like this Russian Emma Frost looking outfit on like all the characters. It's got like the warm fuzzy hat with like, and the outfit's all white. It's got a little white cape and like a white kind of like fluffy warm jacket and short skirt. I'm just like, you literally look like Russian Emma Frost. Okay. So like each, like, yeah, each job, like, but it like tailors the design specifically for each character, but it still has the same overarching look. And again, I was really taken back by the voice acting because all the characters, like different characters from different regions all have different accents. Right now I've associated Russians with evil. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're doing evil Russians again. Classic. I see all the all the bad, all the evil characters are Russian. I was like, there was one character that was talking. And I'm like, I'm suspicious of you. You're arguing with me, and you have a Russian tone to your voice. You must be bad. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. But then there's also like Scottish and Irish accents out of nowhere, and they're like really intense accents. There's a very Australian one, and they use like. Like Australia, like the Australian character uses Australian slang. It's so, like he's calling people Drongo, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was very caught off guard with the whole thing. I'm still caught off guard. I'm just like, what is this? So far, I know Russians are bad and Australians are bad. That sounds um. <laughs> it's a very weird game. I'm, I'm enjoying it I did see one headline going Bravely Default 2 feels familiar a little too familiar and then I noped out of the article yeah that's nice. <laughs> I went no we're not going this route I will play the game and then I'll read some reviews and being like what the fuck is wrong with you but I want to finish the game before I like give it anything because like the first one, like I said, like was really great up until one point and then I was like losing my mind. <laughs> so I'm just like, I really need to like play through this game to see if I get to that point or if I feel satisfied. All right. We have two whole ass game recommendations for you. I mean, you should be play- you should be playing one or the other. Um, it's you're probably pe- more people probably have access to Bravely Default Two than Lost Odyssey. As Lost Odyssey is an old Xbox game, it would require you to have an Xbox. I mean, that's all. You should have an Xbox with Game Pass, by the way. I mean, that's just. I mean, we're just saying that. That's. I mean, Beth- I mean, Microsoft has Bethesda now, so if you want to be playing seventy, paying seventy dollars for like games in the future, you can, but. It's it's a thing. I guess we need to say it out loud. Um, Microsoft acquiring all these developers, publishers is not really gonna do anything. As in, they're not going to hoard the games and like trap them on the Microsoft console. They're just going to let you pay for them on PlayStation. And the fact that you don't have to if you're on Game Pass is the exclusive. Um, we've said it before. And, you know, we'll say it again since people like it happened and people were trying to figure out what games are going to be exclusive. And I'm fairly certain um, I read an article that said they were doing case by case. But I would be surprised if that even amounts to like 10 percent of them, because the point is Microsoft wants you to pay for games on PlayStation. First of all, they make money. 
And second of all, if you can what? also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you repeat that one more time? So I didn't understand. You, so if you buy a Bethesda game on PlayStation, Microsoft still makes money. So they, they're not going to keep it from you. <laughs> And then if you want to not make money, pay money for it, you can just get on Game Pass and then give Microsoft a little bit less money. For I the really same feel like game. Microsoft is saying, fuck it, we don't care anymore about right. console wars because you're paying us anyway. That's right. We're not, they are really <laughs> not trying to, in the slightest bit, hide games or keep games. They're not trying to compete with what Sony's doing. And frankly, like I said, Sony's made their mission statement clear. Uh, Microsoft has made their mission statement clear. We are no longer in a traditional console war. We are in a console ecosystem where all the consoles are doing. What is that? Thank you, God. We're doing, they're all doing different stuff, which means that there is no need to rub them, slam them all into each other like action figures. And when you do, you look particularly ridiculous as one of the competitors, Microsoft, is not even slightly concerned to such a degree, to such a shocking degree. That they will buy a whole ass publisher and not worry about making their games Microsoft exclusive. They don't care. They just want Bethesda. They don't want to keep Bethesda from Sony. They just want Bethesda games. They've also find out, like, they've also decided that they're basically going to let, like, the companies that they have taken under, like, like, they already, like, GitHub already is allowed to, like, just live its own life. So Bethesda's basically just going to live its own life under Microsoft. Like, it's just going to have a Microsoft logo next to it. They're not going to actually interfere with their leadership, and they're keeping all the leadership in place, no. which means we're not getting that quality control fallout. No. There ain't no reason for it. Motherfuckers all buy fallout. I just want working elevators. Is that too much? No. You get your fucking fallout game. That Where you get your fucking fallout game, how you get it. That's how and that is. also means we're never getting Elder Scrolls 6. No. I mean, we might. Are we? But not in a timely manner. I'm pretty sure we're going to have five more iterations of Skyrim releases. Before There's we a get deal. That. There's a deal, motherfuckers. Y'all got to stop buying Skyrim. No, I mean, I agree. I find it hilarious, but I'm just like, everybody's like, Elder Scrolls 6. And I'm like, yeah, when you stop buying Skyrim. It's the same reason why we ain't seeing Grand Theft Auto 6 no time soon. I don't care how many rumors you hear about it. That game has made uh, Rockstar two or I think it's two and some change billion dollars. Motherfucker. And people are still playing GTA online. We ain't getting no still buying it. Motherfucker. People are still buying that shit fresh. Ain't nobody making no Grand Theft Auto 6. All that money went into Red Dead Redemption 2. We played. We saw the graphics. We cried. It's done. That's it. There is no reason we're not for even, We're not even playing Red Dead anymore. There's right. like a niche community of Red Dead. And we went back to GTA. And we went back to GTA. Exactly. So yeah, they listen. Y'all making it. Y'all, if it works out too well, there is no reason for a company to put its reputation on the line again when they're still busy making money. So, so when y'all say like these people don't drop the prices on their games, it's because people are still buying them. That Pokemon game, it's not going down in cost because people are still buying it. I don't know what to tell you. That's why I like that. Uh, is it take two interactive? We're like, everyone's, I think, I think people are ready for the $70 game. And it's like, no, cause y'all niggas sell 2k. All your, your constituency will buy that shitty game a hundred dollars a year and complain for 12 months and then pay another hundred dollars. Rest of us are not ready for a $70 game. That's your unique audience. 
And y'all need to not extrapolate because we ain't doing that shit. I mean, I'll pay $70 for a game, but, but that's because all the games that I pay for, I usually put like 400 hours in. So I'm not really buying another game for a long for a while like i'm like am i gonna drop the max amount of money i can on and probably buy a lunar whale for final fantasy 14 absolutely i will probably spend 200 dollars on a mount i think it's an eight person mount though it's a giant whale (laughs) (laughs) it's only gonna be for fan fest i'm getting that whale i don't even care how much it costs um Me and my other broke-ass Final Fantasy friends, like, when we saw the Lunar Whale, we're like, oh, we're getting it. Like, there was no question. There's no question, no judgment amongst each other. We're just like, 200, if it's going to be a $200 whale, we're going to get the $200 whale. Like, (laughs) zero question around. Like, it was just pure fiscal irresponsibility across the board. (laughs) Like, with all of my, and like, all my Final Fantasy 14, we're all broke. (laughs) And we're all just like, no, this is going to happen. Um, but yeah, when the expansion drops, am I going to drop? I don't know how much money. Absolutely. But I also will play that game for over a year. I think I've already been playing it for two years straight. I think it's important that we, um, that we all, it's clear why a game is $70. A yearly sports release is not a $70. No, a yearly sports release is not it's a $70. Not a $70. No, no, that Mario game you guys keep bitching that Nintendo won't drop the prices on because people are still buying it. That, that's If you look at their best sellers, it's still on their best seller in like the top like two lines. Right. Those prices aren't dropping. Right. Which is just like if, if people they will drop prices when people stop buying the game. Right. That's when prices drop. When when new games are going to happen or when people like the start slowly like not buying the game. Right. That's when the prices drop. That's why some price like when you see a game like go down to $20 in 2 months you're like, "Oh. That's not good." Whoops. Whoops. That's not great at all. Oh, that's pretty mad. Like Anthem went down to two, like twenty bucks, like super fast. Anthem, that just ain't. Anthem was down to about Anthem. Anthem went down. I think to it's about, like five dollars now. Right, it went down to about five dollars real quick within a year. Yeah, within a year. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's when that's when prices on games drop. <sighs> so if you're looking for like you know, for like peak you know first title. AAA games with that are like name brand to the system. Price isn't dropping. Also, stop, stop buying Skyrim. Please stop buying Skyrim. They won't bring out another game if they can keep releasing Skyrim. <laughs> Let us have the next game. I actually might want to play it better. I mean, I might actually want to play it. I I got further along in Skyrim than I did in Oblivion, which was shocking. I didn't get very far in Oblivion. And I was like, I cannot take this. I made it as far as I could in Fallout before I decided that the storyline was actually keeping me from playing because the storyline, um, they went a really lazy route with the, with the ending of the storyline, and I refused. I I noped out of the ending. Oh, Fallout. Yeah, Fallout oh, yeah. Four. Oh yeah, well Fallout Four is a. Um, noped out of the ending. There was a. It was a. It was a. It was a strange story. Um. 
it was different from all the other fallouts and that it kind of removed options and it was very strange and as you kept getting more the story but expanded but the, the worst, options shrunk the worst part was is that the narrative options were still there they just got like like there were narrative ways to like keep m multiple options and they just weren't there so it was very confusing so it's just like but what you're saying like but what all the characters are saying and what the game is saying is different from what the game is allowed is like letting me do and it was just like why are you doing this i hate you and so i noped out of the ending i just decided like fault this fallout game doesn't need an ending i'm gonna go keep building settlements because the minute man i'm a black lone ranger what All that to say is that we're oh. not as ready for $70 games as one thinks. And so you know who agrees with us? It's Microsoft, which is a pretty big person that disagrees with the sentiment. Right, which is why they have Game Pass, which everybody should have an Xbox for, to be honest. Or honestly, you don't even need an Xbox for. You can, uh, if you have a PC, you can also play uh, Xbox on PC, and there's games you can play on your PC. Like Crusader Kings Three. I've heard nothing. There's some other games. There are a lot like, of games. Like they just added a bunch to them too. Where I was like, oh, I want to play this. Like, the only the only thing that's actually stopping me from playing them is I'm like, I need to not sit at my computer all day. Like I need to specifically move to another room, which is literally the reason I want an Xbox is because my Xbox is not going to be connect like my xbox if i get an xbox again my xbox is basically dead um it's uh going in my bedroom because i need to just not sit in chair <laughs> i mean as a chair sitter i agree with that i do need to get out of this chair my xbox is where i work though right so what well and one of the things i'm thinking i'm getting i'm gonna get like one of those little under desk cycling things oh yeah i'm gonna actually get one of those um once my allergic reaction clears up because i'm actually not allowed to do any physical exertion because if i do hives will pop out on my face again it's been like that for a month right a month and i'm on a low inflammation diet which is like my diet, my natural diet's already restrictive, but now I'm on a low inflammation version of it, and I just like mm -hmm. my diet is so boring. I actually like? like gave in the other day and ordered like a vegan burger and fries and a shake because I'm like I'm going to slap the shit out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to have like a meat protein and riced cauliflower and veggies and avocado, and that's it. Which is why you have the same breakfast every day. Yep, sometimes it has, like, the, the protein changes. I, I, I hate everything right now. I've definitely lost weight, though, so. Uh, lost weight in the good way? Uh, sure. Hey, listen, not all weight loss is created equal. So that's why I'm asking. It's like I mean, I mean, my, my, there's nothing I can do about my diet currently. So the weight loss is definitely from my diet. 
because I'm like drastically like it's just like I'm like on not keto. Um but close enough. So it's just like it's just pound shedding because like I can't like I can't like the carbs that I would eat with sweet potatoes are okay, but like the carbs I would eat um cause inflammation. So I can't eat them. Sounds about right. Right. So like I'm just like I just want a pizza so bad right now. I'm gonna eat like I was telling my therapist I'm gonna eat like three pizzas when this is over. Maybe in the same day, like a pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Actually, I won't be able to my stomach. That'll be way too much food for my stomach. It'll be like one pizza throughout the entire day. <laughs> I'll eat like two slices and be like, man, I'm full. Which is going to be weird because I'm a person who can like shovel and go have amounts of food in my face. You are unusually strong, so I imagine yes, you you do need high you do need high uh your high octane vehicle. Oh, so I'm a vehicle now and not Garfield. Uh, you eat like Garfield, but it's in service of the fact <laughs> that you're unusually strong and can toss, throw, and punch like several champions taped together. So yes. That's why I don't say stop eating like Garfield. I cannot imagine being able to <laughs> punch the doors off a car. So I can't speak to your um, nutritional experience. I just note that you eat without chewing. I do chew and I cannot punch the doors off of a car. That is, um, um, you chew, I think, in like the legal sense. Like you can't be sued for not chewing. But you definitely <laughs> do not chew in the traditional chomp chomp sense. It's definitely more of throwing food into the void, not unlike Garfield. And you can, in fact, punch the doors off a car. <laughs> Uh, I hate you, and this is the end of our show. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Have a pleasant day.